From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. We occasionally hear about outbreaks on college campuses of various infectious diseases, um, such as mumps, meningitis, measles. Here to talk about why this happens and what can be done about it is Dr. Yana Shaw. She's an Associate Professor of Pediatrics at Upstate with expertise in infectious disease. Welcome, Dr. Shaw. Hello. So what is it about college campuses that makes them sort of, it seems like they're easy for infectious diseases to spread? Well, colleges um, typically uh, house a um, large number of students, students who spend a prolonged period of time together um, in close proximity, um, ho- um, housing quarters, um, you know, alone uh, um, allow for close contact and um, those conditions are uh, just fertile soil for infections to settle and spread. Okay. What types of um, outbreaks do we see commonly? So the outbreaks that we have seen in the U.S. Um, that were um, reported from college um, settings include meningococcal uh, infection, um, mumps uh, most recently, even locally we had mumps in SU. Um, uh, university, and uh, measles have been reported as well in the past, so a variety of infections can easily spread at college settings. So meningococcal, um, mumps, and measles, are these serious diseases? Can we talk a little about each one? Are they, are they viruses? Uh, uh, so s- some of them are, yes. Mumps and measles are viruses. Meningococcal um, infection is a bacterial infection, and uh, Both meningococcal and measles infections uh, can be very uh, serious. Um, Meningococcal disease especially um, can be difficult to diagnose early because um, it can look just like a flu and within 24 hours uh, patients can die from the infection. So it's one that's very difficult to diagnose early and um, typically leads to serious disease with um, serious consequences um, or death. Measles um, is highly contagious. It's a viral illness uh, for which we have excellent vaccine for. And uh, nowadays we don't see much of measles. So the challenge that we see with measles infection is that people don't, or providers don't even think about measles because uh, they've been so successful into, you know, successful in decreasing a number of measles cases and providers are not familiar with it. So delayed diagnosis can be a, can be a problem. Um, Mumps uh, alone um, may not be severe, although um, there are some serious complications of mumps infection as well. Um, uh, Most recently, we had mumps outbreak in uh, Syracuse University where most of the students have presented with fever, sore throat, and cheek swelling. Uh, And because there were so many, people started thinking of mumps. so um, those conditions, um, you know, uh, or symptoms are common for other infections. So it can take a while until providers will start thinking about uh, vaccine-preventable diseases. Um, so, and these sound like they're serious enough that a student would miss, end up missing quite a bit of school, potentially. Um, 
Yeah, so the, the, these infections can have a huge impact both on students but also on colleges who, you know, have to undergo a tremendous effort in identifying cases and contacts and identify people who uh, might be vulnerable to infection, uh, those who are not, for example, vaccinated. Uh, some uh, students may need to be excluded from school if they don't have uh, proven uh, immunity to those conditions. So uh, this is, um, besides uh, the, the, the hardship on the patient alone, this is difficult for everyone else around, around them. Well, and to be scary, uh, uh, you know, have this going on and you're potentially far away from home, mm-hmm. you know, and you're sick and you're parents aren't there to take care of you kind of thing too, right? Yeah, so this, you know, when we here at uh, Upstate, we have seen a number of children who are college students here, and then their parents do travel long distances often to stay with their loved ones. Uh, So this is a costly, time-consuming endeavor, and yet the students lose a lot of time, um, and they're out of classes. When you uh, hear about several cases of mumps on campus or measles or or meningococcal, if you've been vaccinated for those diseases, are you safe? So it, it depends on condition. So I'll start with the, with the less good news. Uh, so for mums, for example, um, the vaccine that we have uh, is not the greatest. Um, it, we know it does not uh, uh, protect as many people as we'd like to, and it's primarily uh, due to uh, the either first seroconversion, um, meaning that not everybody will develop a protective immunity, but also we know that people lose protection over time. So by the time you're in college, your immunity might have faded because, you know, last time you have received mom's vaccine was probably when you were going to school, um, when you were a kindergartner. So mom's particularly is um, an infection where the vaccine, once you're in college, may not be as effective in protecting you. And in fact, in most of those mom's outbreak in colleges, majority of the students were vaccinated. Wow. Yeah. So uh, do you need a booster shot? Would a booster shot help? So in outbreak settings, that has been tested. And in New York City, there was an outbreak in um, a religious community um, um, where third dose of uh, uh, MMR vaccine, the mumps vaccine, was given. Um, in general, uh, that's not um, part of the, of the um, process. Once outbreak is identified, typically what universities would do with mums, they would identify people who are at risk, who are susceptible, and they would work um, by excluding or isolating or recommending minimal you know, social contact, so they would um, resort themselves to these measures. Um, other infections, such as measles, um, are different uh, because the vaccine that we have is excellent. Uh, the immunity lasts, the uh, seroconversion is excellent. Um, so the problem with measles outbreaks is primarily related to people who refuse vaccines or intentionally are not vaccinated. Um, so their vaccinating people around them is extremely effective in stopping an outbreak. Okay. All right. And then meningococcal being 
the bacterial, uh, does, is there a vaccine for that? There is, and actually most colleges in New York State recommend and, um, um, or mandate meningococcal vaccination. I just like to remind listeners that there are two types of meningococcal vaccines. Uh, one is a vaccine that has been recommended for a um, long period of time. Uh, now we have uh, a new vaccine that ha- was licensed just recently, and it's a vaccine that's, uh, recom- that uh, protects children against meningococcal B vaccine. So it's important that parents check with their provider to make sure that um, their uh, teen received both types of both the vaccines types. because they might be only partially protected if they received one. If you're a person on a college campus and and maybe a professor or a student on a college campus and one of these outbreaks is going on, is there anything you can do to protect yourself? If you've already been vaccinated and, and you're healthy, what else can you do? So the other measures that have been effective in uh, sort of protecting yourself and others is uh, to exercise uh, good hand hygiene, uh, minimize uh, contact with sick people. If you're sick yourself, um, please uh, stay away from others uh, to minimize transmission. Um, Healthy, you know, eating habits, healthy sleep hygiene, and... um, um, minimizing social, you know, attendance to social um, events um, is helpful as well because you'll protect yourself and you'll protect others. You know, the problem with some of those infection mums is a good example that you're contagious before you even know you have the infection. So uh, that can somewhat limit uh, your ability to protect yourself because you feel well, but you might be harboring the virus already and you might be transmitting it. Influenza is another vac- um, is another infection where you can actually transmit infection before you have before symptoms. Before you know that you're sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is uh, Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Yana Shaw. She's an associate professor of pediatrics specializing in infectious disease. Um, well, you touched on this a minute ago. Um, vaccinations are required in order to attend college, right? Correct. Yes. So number of vaccines are mandated by colleges. Including measles and mumps? So measles and mumps should be part of routine childhood immunizations, but uh, typically what colleges mandate are meningococcal uh, vaccine. And uh, I do believe they require hepatitis B vaccine. um, And there might be other vaccines that are college specific um, that uh, the colleges will. will So different colleges may have different requirements and they do yes and then uh some students don't get the vaccines there's exemptions right so that they can yeah so uh, you can as a student or a parent if you're a student 18 and older or a parent if you're under under age you can um, request medical exemption um to vaccination which typically means that you have a condition that would prevent you from getting safely vaccinated. Um, There are also groups of people who uh, would request religious exemptions. Uh, In New York State, that's one of the exemptions that's permitted. Um, Again, that um, process is um, quite regimented and requires, you know, specialized uh, uh, form uh, to be filled out and um, student or parents have to explain why they oppose to vaccination. Is uh, people who are not vaccinated, is that the reason that we're having the outbreaks? 
So for measles, yes, the most recent data that we've seen with outbreaks in Disneyland in California mm -hmm. or in uh, Ohio groups, uh, you know, those outbreaks were associated primarily with groups of people who intentionally did not vaccinate. Uh, with mumps, that's not the case. Uh, majority of the people who had mumps uh, in outbreak settings were vaccinated. Meningococcal disease is different uh, because most of the cases on colleges are isolated, what we call sporadic cases, that you'll get one or two cases of meningococcal disease. Um, and those are usually cases where um, the strain is a strain that's not in the vaccine. So um, that particular infection would not necessarily be associated with refu vaccine refusal. Is there um, any sign that the anti-vaccination movement is losing momentum? No. No? no. Okay. <laughs> I wish uh, um, those anti-vaccine groups are um, uh, very vocal. They may not necessarily be very well organized, but they are very vocal and they draw a lot of media attention, which allows dissemination of their views and opinions and often can mislead people uh, to um, um, healthy choices. Do you see, um, as, as kids come of age in college um, and become adults um, and are able to make their own medical decisions, do you see uh, 18, 19-year-olds wanting to get caught up and get their childhood vaccinations? So um, I personally don't uh, because I don't see a lot of uh, college students um, in my setting, um, but healthcare centers on colleges um, um, can vaccinate um, uh, students and um, I would certainly hope that as they come uh, to their independence and choices they can make their own health that they would choose the safer choice which is to vaccinate. All right well even if vaccinations if everyone was vaccinated on campus you, we'd still see various colds and, and flus um, spreading right? Yeah, so there are myriads of infections that can easily spread on campuses um, that we don't have uh, safe protection, such as vaccine. So again, exercising very good hand hygiene and um, um, staying home when you're sick, uh, avoiding contact with sick people uh, is the best prevention. Now, we mentioned flu. Influenza, there is a vaccine for, right? There is influenza uh, vaccine, um, and again, that uh, might be available even on campuses and health, uh, health centers on campuses. So I would encourage students to inquire whether they can get vaccinated. Okay, good. Wonderful. Uh, my guest has been Dr. Yana Shaw. Uh, she's an assistant professor of pediatrics specializing in infectious disease. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.